What's the game-changing realization that helped you build a high-performing team? That question is at the center of every episode of the HR Impact Show. Every HR professional wants to build a team that has empowered managers, engaged employees, and an organization that's striving to become elite. The challenge is that you're often told to do more with less. We're gonna fix that. Every week, we will feature executive and senior HR leaders from across the country, and they will share with us their actionable insights and best practices that can help empower you to create an engaged elite workforce. Here's the show. Thanks for joining us today. I am your friendly neighborhood town strategy nerd, and we're in for another great episode of the HR Impact Show. Today, we're going to find out how an early career in sales prepared our guest for building a highly engaged culture across multiple companies. The person that's going to lead us through that conversation is currently the senior VP of HR at Avita Medical, and he's been in that role since 2019. And then from 20, 2007 to 2019, he was a director of HR at Advanced Bionics and then became director of HR for Asia Pacific based in Singapore and then ultimately becoming head of HR for North America for a company called Sonova. As I mentioned earlier, he started out his career in sales, and I think that's going to have a lot of impact in terms of some of the perspectives and lessons that we're going to learn in today's conversation. Rob Hall, welcome to the show. Thanks. Thanks for having me. I find uh, these sessions are fabulous for people uh, to see different perspectives. We're going to be in for a really wide ranging conversation. And I think one of the interesting things about your background, and I've I mentioned it in the beginning of the show, is that transition that you made from sales into HR. But before we dive into the meat of the conversation, I'd like you to share with the audience and the listeners Anything that you feel is important, but specifically related to the work that you're doing, your role at Avita, and just generally about your career trajectory, that's going to inform this conversation that we're going to have today. Absolutely, I can share that. And if we're going to go back and talk about the sales aspect of this later, I'll let that hang, having started with Kodak back in the day. So that was right out of college. But I got into HR in the late 90s, 1999, in recruiting. The president of Advanced Bionics called me and said, we want you as your, our recruiter. And I said, I've never done that before. I really do this. And to be quite frank, he overpaid me and I fell into HR. I'll be quite frank about it. And I saw recruiting though, as a sales role. So it, to me, then you could make the transition mentally to make this step. And three months into that role, the head of HR decided to go back to a different role. And they said, ah, anybody can do HR, go ahead and take it. And it's, that mentality that HR is, anybody could take it, it's just get papers processed, get it done. It was that kind of a mentality of a company, like a lot of small companies as they get started. Company was about 200, we built it to about 600 when I left and went in back into an operations sales role with a different company, and then was recruited back to Advanced Bionics when they separated from Boston Scientific. So I had a short stint with Boston Scientific in a transition period and then worked with Advanced Bionics. You mentioned Sonova. Sonova purchased Advanced Bionics in 2010. So it was a continuation of that role. And interesting enough, a very interesting aspect of that period of time is the head of HR of Advanced Bionics left. Sonova then determined that we're going to let HR be run by two people. So I had a counterpart and I will tell you right now, Right off the bat, it's the dumbest thing you can do. Two people trying to run a department doesn't make sense. Uh, two people reporting to two different people also is very difficult to manage. 
However, in our case, the uh, lady that was my counterpart, her name's Robin Stewart, and I'll use her name because she's fantastic. She had a skill set that absolutely complemented mine. And we allowed each other to have that. I like being with the people. I like going out and talking to everybody. And she loved the policy and procedure and the transactional part of HR. So it was like having one person with two people doing the job. And then with that, I got the opportunity to go to Singapore. My experience in going international, people are the same everywhere. The same issues that we have in the U.S., whether it's people not coming in late, not working, harassment, whatever those are, you just layer that with the different cultures. And however, the issues are all the same, but you've got cultural issues that you have to manage because they're not the same as the U.S. in some of those regards. The, so that opens your eyes to the fact of what pe- a lot about what people are. That led to being the head of North America ultimately having Canada and the U.S. and about 3,500 employees under that and a team of about 30. But my, with that said, we moved to Chicago. My wife loves to be around our kids who are adult, full of adults, but she loves being around them. And she says, okay, I'm done with Chicago. You can stay if you want. That's up to you, but I'm going back to LA. I left Sonova because they would not let me work from LA and then joined, got an opportunity here to work at Avita and get back into medical device strict medical device. And we were probably 80 people. When I started in 2019, we're over 200 today with 80 of those people just starting in the last six months and we'll be over 350 by the end of next year. So I love those high growth opportunities, being with these types of companies that truly change people's lives, which is gonna lead into our segue, is just so much fun and passionate about that. And from a very simple HR thing, that I have discovered, and this has been through my life, no matter what I did, I've never found HR to change a company with a new policy or a new procedure. They change companies with people. And whether it's recruiting, whether it's engagement, whether it's development, that's how you change a company from an HR perspective. And that's what drives me in HR. I think there was about 15 different follow-up questions that popped into my mind as you were talking through it, but I'm going to try to contain myself to one follow-up on that. You said you fell into HR by way of recruiting. And when you looked at recruiting, your mindset was in the same zone that it had been previously, that recruiting is sales. How did that mindset serve you well when it comes to success in recruiting and also success in these people-focused roles throughout various areas of HR? It's a very simple answer. And from a sales perspective, when you start with a company like Kodak in the day, Not today. Kodak is obviously not the company it was when I joined. They were on the tail end of uh, success at that point. But what I learned from a sales perspective, they taught you a sales skill and it was called spin. And there's all kinds of versions of this. And and all it is listening to the employee, listening to the person, and then repeating back and giving them exactly what they asked for. Don't mix it up and just turn your products into what their needs are by asking questions and understanding that. The same goes for recruiting. The same goes for employee engagement. Talk to people, hear what they have to say, find out what their motivators are, and then see what you can do, whether it's an individual issue, that's real easy because you are very specific to them. But how do you take that message and bring it across a broad spectrum of people? Understanding that three of the people, and I'm making a number up, just giving you the extremes, three of the people you're never going to affect and they're going to be angry and upset all the time and you're never going to make them happy. Three of the people are going to be way beyond happy, no matter what you say. It's the bulk of the people that you satisfy yourself with that are making a difference. 
I, I, I love that you brought out that point because it reminded me of a conversation that we recently <clears throat> had with Tim Sackett, who is well known in talent acquisition spaces. And he said, when, whenever you're designing policy or doing anything, you shouldn't really do it with the intention of modeling it after the extremes of your organization. You want to model it after that, that design towards the large middle and improving that group in whatever aspect or dimension that you want to improve. Because to your point, there's always going to be some folks that are going to be extremely happy or there's going to be other people that are going to be constantly complaining. Don't worry about both ends of that spectrum. Worry about the large chunk that's in the middle that you have to lift and and maximize. And that's where you'll have the biggest impact. So I might be putting words in your mouth, but that's how I took what you said. I And I'm just going to add a twist to this it, because it frustrates me so bad is, and, and it gets to be a macro level and it gets into politics a little bit, but we've allowed the extremes to dictate our policies. And I don't care what side you're on, it doesn't matter. We're allowing the extremes to determine the, our future of our country when the bulk of the people in the middle pretty much agree. They hedge back and forth a little bit, but we're fighting over the 8% of the people, four on each side that we're upset about. And we're reading about narrative and that's all that drives press. So it, it goes to that factor too. It's it's exactly the same. I can't disagree with anything that you've said. I want to set a little bit of context before I ask this question. You've worked at organizations that were small with a couple hundred people, and you've worked at organizations that had international scope and had thousands of people that were impacted by whatever decisions uh, or, or policies are being made. Tell us about the game-changing experience that made the biggest impact on you as you were navigating these different size organizations. As I thought about that question, and I go back immediately I react to what motivates people to do their job? What really gets people excited? And people will say it's money. And I'll tell them, no, it's not, because I probably have 100 people that we did. Somebody was deciding to leave. We convinced them to stay. We gave them more money so they'd stay. In six months, they left anyways, because that usually isn't the reason that motivates people. It's some greater cause. And if you can find that great cause and make that the the flag that you want to hold and everybody's willing to put their hand on it, that will motivate people to do more and create a value of your company that isn't going to change with a change in salary. And I'll just share an example. Advanced Bionics, when I was with them and started with them, they create a product called a cochlear implant is the name of the product, but it is a device that allows the deaf to hear. It's the only device that allows a sense to come back. And we started a program where we did a connect to patient because the president believed that we weren't in touch with our patients anymore. So we started bringing patients in, the parents in of kids that were getting the devices, and we were bringing in the ugly, things that didn't go well, the uh, doctors that say our device fails and stuff like that. And you could see this visceral change in our employees when they started hearing the stories and hearing what it was about and how a little girl that couldn't hear now heard her mom for the first time and they're telling the story and they're showing the video. You can see these on YouTube all over the place. You start to buy into that story. Now you add more around that to round out, but there was a time I truly believed that there was a 30% premium to work at advanced uh, bionics over your pay. And as, and so you would need, if you were making, for argument's sake, $100, you needed 130 to leave because you loved it so much. Whether it was the people, because we had good people there, the mission, you add all that up and people go, ah, you know what? I like it here. For 10 bucks, I'm not going to leave. I need this to leave. And I believe that. And as 
Sonova bought the company and changed that culture because then it became about profits. Then it became not about the patient anymore. All of a sudden, the equation, you could just see it going from 30% to even less that you're making this, the pain of change now is easier than the pain of staying the same. So I want to leave. So if you can find that hook at Avita Medical, I didn't even share what Avita Medical does. We have created a new standard of care for burn victims that we regenerate skin and very simply put, instead of inch for inch covering of a burn as is skin grafting, we can take a very small piece of your skin in 30 minutes. And just to give you an example, a credit card size piece of your skin in our system, 30 minutes later, I can spray your entire back with your skin cells for recovery. You will have less scarring and you'll be in the hospital a third the less time. Okay, I can sell that story every single day to as recruiting candidates internally to engage people, talk about burn camps and how we change kids' lives. That's the hook. And it, I noticed that when I was with Kodak, and I'll go back that far, is I convinced myself I had was doing good because I was creating memories. We had pictures, film, we, we created memories. Okay, that's a great cause. There's nothing wrong with that. But when you change a person's life and really can alter that they hear their mom say, I love you for the first time, or a person gets out of uh, the hospital sooner after a bad burn, whether it's fireworks, and you can think of all the reasons that happens. Us delivering free devices to Maui for the burn victims there, that's a special mission to share with people. And it's exciting. Wow, it's been a great conversation so far. Make sure you join the HR Impact community where we gather a community of HR leaders just like you. This is a space where top people leaders share actionable insights and practical playbooks. Sign up today as a member for the community. Get updates on the latest HR resources and exclusive event invites. You can join the community at www.engagerocket.co slash HR impact. And now back to the show. I'm going to play devil's advocate really quickly because what you're talking about when you're deeply aligning your people to the mission, the purpose, the values of the organization, you're going to get more from a commitment perspective. I think everybody can agree with that. There are going to be people that are listening to this and say, yeah, we've heard that mission, vision, values, alignment stuff all the time, the aligning purpose with the job stuff all the time. But here's a reality, Rob. I'm a line level manager. And I have a team of 15 people and everybody's so busy and running thin. Like, what do I need to be doing so that I'm building that connection to the broader purpose so that people are connected? That's a great question. And how do you do that? I shared with you this connect to patient idea. So let me notch that up a level. We actually, in, in medical device, you keep track of who touches the device. It's part of our process. You, everybody knows who did what, when, and where, when you make these devices. We would bring the line level people in that touch the device of the patient that were there. And there'd be 13 or 14 people there that were the assemblers, that we would take that time and devote that time to allow them to come and meet the patients that they really change. The message I got back after doing that is they would go back and tell the rest of the people, the ones that weren't able to go or chose not to go, you didn't have to, that didn't go to the event would go back and tell these stories. And it would add just groundswell of support. As a line level manager, what we ask is that they remind people throughout the day what they're doing, how it will make a difference. Now, does that mean 100% of the people buy in? Absolutely not. Does that mean that money isn't part of the equation too? So don't get me wrong, it's all balanced. 
you've got to have the balance of the compensation, the benefits and the story. So it's not one thing that you can underpay everybody and say it's all about the mission and people get all excited. If you go through a hump, a bad something, a speed bump gets in the way, let's say regulatory falls back a little bit, you go over that hump, people will stick with you longer if you don't have all of that because of the mission, but you still got to align all that. So don't, I'm going to tell you what drive, what was my aha moment, but the reality is you got to have all the other pieces there too. I really like how you flesh that out because it's important to say that you can have a great mission, but if you're not meeting the basic requirements of the average person in the job, the greatest mission in the world isn't going to get that person over the hump from an alignment perspective. So that's an important distinction or nuance to, to, to bring out. But what I found really interesting about what you said, and I'm going to say this, and some people that know the stuff that I regularly talk about are going to chuckle, but it's really interesting to me that you're drawing this really strong connection between customers and impact to the mission. And in sales, we often talk about you have to be buyer or customer centric in how you show up. And it's interesting that an HR leader is talking about buyer or customer centricity and impact when it comes to aligning line level people to the mission. It's an interesting way that sales is actually still stuck with you even now as a mm -hmm. senior HR leader. Let's talk about that game-changing impact where you want to make sure that everybody is deeply engaged into the goal. And we talked a little bit about how you uncovered this. And when people are trying to connect those dots and execute at that level, what were some of the pitfalls that you ran into where it got out of line? You're trying to deeply connect with the customer. You're trying to deeply connect people to the mission. What were the mistakes that you made that others who want to do the same thing need to be watching out for? The biggest one, and, and, I'll, and I'll put this in, we become too busy and we forget that we need to maintain this. So when you start programs like this, you need to continue them. They can't stop. And they're because it, it's so easy. You get going and then six months later, you go, oh, I better do a customer event or I must, I better do something to bring this uh, message back. That is important. The other thing I learned too is executive leadership has to buy into this too. I, I'm a believer HR can absolutely develop culture, but leadership creates the culture and people look to the leaders. There was a period of time where our uh, previous president here didn't care. You could just see he lost track of that. And when I got the, the new president came in, we started to implement these things. He goes, I want these every month. I want this part of our message because that I believe in this. And it's one of those things that you have to have leadership to be part of it. HR can do so much, can say, we're going to do this. And if you have a leadership that says, oh, we don't have time for that at town hall. We really need to tell them to cut costs or we need to get the budget done or we need to do this you will lose, you will start to lose that consistency and momentum. That was probably the biggest thing. Or when Sonoba bought Advanced Bionics, they also didn't believe in this. So it changed. We can see a lot of this in action and even in a lot of different industries currently, you're either defined in terms of your business operations, and some of this might not even be in your control. You can take one camp. Our number one responsibility is to maximize shareholder value in any way possible. Or we want to be profitable, but we also want to do something that's going to have an impact in the world around us beyond just getting our executives paid. So it's an interesting distinction on how that shows up in the individuals maintaining commitment to the organization and mission. The thing that I'm curious about is 
getting more visibility into the things that you did or things that leaders and managers can do to not get this running on autopilot. You, you can't forget this. You, you can't get too busy. What were the things that you did to keep this top of mind and make sure that you're repeating this message over and over again as part of your culture building exercise? In all cases with this is part of my team was assigned to this, that it was part of their job, part of their goals, that this was something that we would, they would not allow me to get too busy. So we as a team took ownership of this, I would say. The other thing we did, especially at Advanced Buying, so we haven't done it at Avita yet uh, because we've been moving around with offices, but we got pictures of patients and on every conference room or every major wall, we did the, what are they called, wraps that we were able to put on these walls of these incredible pictures of our patients, one surfing because we got an underwater or a water device and, and everywhere you walked you saw patients, you saw stories. We put up stories of people, quotes from patients. I won't say stories. Let's, let's just say quotes from that we got in a letter that we got from an email or something that came in from a patient. We, we put those up on the wall. We'd send those emails out to everybody and say, hey, we just got this in, read this story. And you could tell that whoever wrote it was crying at the end. You could just sense the emotion that they had of how these things have changed their lives. And so we take different tactics. Not everybody can come to the connect to patients is what we called it. Not everybody can do that, but they can read emails. They can do that on their time. I always joke that they always use HR. They put delete filters on HR messages, but that this is the type of stuff that grasps them, that they go, oh, that's so cool. What a great story. Thanks for sharing. Those are different ways and they're easy. They're easy. Half the time you cut and paste, put it in an email, send it to everybody. It's 30 seconds of your time. To do it. The lesson that I'm getting from what you're saying is that it's cliche. Attitude reflects leadership. So as leaders within your organization, at whatever level that you're in, you have to say stuff out loud about what matters and build that connection. So if you're a line level manager and you're seeing that the people on your team are disconnected from the broader purpose and they're just busy doing stuff, it strikes me that the advice that you're giving is hey, you as a manager need to say, talk about the impact on a regular basis, bring out those stories and make it visible and make it come alive. And that's how you get everybody realigned to the mission. So it's a, it's a real simple lesson, but it's really difficult to like keep in mind when we know what our days look like. Everybody's running thin, everybody's running lean, everybody's got endless task wheels. So I, I really like how you call that out. Rob, this conversation has flown by, and I think if we were in a different format, we could probably talk about this for about two hours because you as a reform sales guy and me as a current sales guy, I think there's a lot of intersection that we could talk about. I'd like you to reflect back on the conversation that we've had so far, and I'd like you to build out a framework or key takeaways or lessons that the listeners need to pay attention to when you're building this deeply aligned mission-driven team, what are the things that you need to do as a leader to make that a reality? Two things become very clear. Number one, find what that is. Do the work to figure out what is going to drive your organization and get them excited about what they're doing, whatever that is. Obviously, a medical device, it's very simple, but there are every company has something. Find out what it is and then build on that. The other piece is, get aligned with the executive team to be sure that is a message that can be driven throughout the company. 
if you're doing it on your own from an HR perspective, it will not take because everybody's going to ah, nobody else cares. Why am I listening to them? Like you were talking about a line leader. They said, yeah, my boss doesn't care. Let's move on. Make sure you get the executive build in. Then you get the, uh, whether it's VPs or directors and keep working down and work from the top down. It makes this type of a message super easy. And that is, and it's easier said than done. I get that. But that really is success as coming with your influence with the executive and uh, the levels to make sure everybody understands that this is the the advertising you're going to do to build your company and your organization. I think those are really critical things that you've brought to the table. If people want to continue the conversation and have more detailed discussion with you, where can people find you? Uh, the best place to find me is on LinkedIn and Robert Hall, which I guarantee there's probably 10 million of them. But if you look at Vita Medical, uh, Robert Hall, and it's A-B-I-T-A, and it's skin regeneration, those kind of things will bring it up for advanced bionics, if that is an easier name to remember. On LinkedIn, it's a simple way to find me, and I respond to everybody. I really appreciate you hanging out with us and, and sharing your story and some of the things that made a tremendous impact in your career. And I think it's particularly important to call out how you started your career on the sales side, and then you made this pivot into HR and continued that upward trajectory uh, across many different types of organizations in terms of the size and scope of responsibility that you had. The things that stood out to me when I was listening to your conversation is this overall theme that as a leader, even though you were specifically in sales, I think as a leader in general, you need to capture some of those core things that the best sellers in the world do, which is connect to the impact. If you as a leader aren't connecting to the impact of the mission and connecting it for your people, if you aren't connecting it to the impact that it has on your customers, you're not going to have an aligned team that's really looking at the big picture. They're going to go through the motions and that's going to lead to an environment where people just want to clock in and clock out. And that's never really healthy. So the sales aspect of painting that vision for success is what struck me about the conversation that we had. And the other thing that stood out about what we talked about is that if you want to have this level of impact in your organization, you can't go through the motions and run this on autopilot. Sounds simple, but you, you can't take the position that I'm too busy. There's nothing that you have that's more important than connecting your people to the impact that the work is having in the world around you. For those who have listened to the conversation, if, I hope you enjoyed it. You can find this episode on all your major podcast platforms. Leave us a review. And tune in next time where we will have another great leader joining us to tell us about the game-changing realizations that they had that helped them build high-performance teams. Thanks for listening to this episode of the HR Impact Show. We hope you liked the conversation. Don't forget to continue supporting us by joining the HR Impact community. You can find the community at www.engagerocket.co slash HR Impact. Tune in next time where we'll have another guest who's going to share with us the game-changing insights that help them build high-performing teams.